0: Here we go. Here we go. Living in a scientific age, we need citizens who know enough
1: about science to make intelligent decisions about what they do. We've used science to, to prolong life, to increase security and happiness. But it can also be used for destruction. Are we going to use it constructively? It'll be up to you, and you too. I'm editing the joke as <laughs> <laughs> on the fly, on the, on the fly. So we'll we'll try this first. This is
0: going to be like open mic night where you like you're reading reading your jokes <laughs> well, out of a little notebook. Yeah. Uh,
1: so, <laughs> I besides the joke, have you heard about that uh, <laughs> about uh, that non non binary prospector? Oh, I haven't. Uh, I heard they found gold up in them there hills. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I'm You enjoying throwing a... Yeah. That's pretty good. I think I may have heard that before, but it delighted me once again, <laughs> yeah. nonetheless. So so how you been? I have been doing okay. As we sang in my Sunday school class, it's going to be a hip hop happy day, Mark. <laughs> and it's all about our outlook. Perfect. I did have actually that that joke is a perfect segue because I, oh, there actually is two Change of them. Your pronouns. Ch- I changed my pronouns. I'm just Todd now. <laughs> perfect. Todd is my pronoun. No pronouns. Um, I'm looking through, I I have the, on my notes app on my phone, just all of the things that will just occur to me, but then I'll never look back because I'm not used to using my phone for anything. But speaking of the pronouns, they, I came up with something I think is brilliant, but is catching no traction on anyone that I tell. So maybe it'll be appreciated here, but I think that, <laughs> I think they is the o positive of uh, pronouns. Right? How you can give it to anyone, anyone can receive it without getting right. Super offended, you know? They might, you know, whatever. But you're still not technically offending someone by it's. It's never a wrong one. Right? It's never. It just kind of applies everywhere. So. <laughs> that's pretty good yeah, right no, the, totally. they is the yeah. positive yeah. of, of pronouns that's solid all right i'll take that off my list now <laughs> and so feel good about myself
1: i did have a uh, conversation with my phlebotomist last week about that about uh blood types and and everything's because i was getting blood drawn uh for uh, annual checkup and stuff and um i w- wanted to know like a phlebotomist's position on uh the fact that if you're you're gay and you've had sex in the last year you can't donate blood oh wow yeah. still and yeah it, it, it did change right. it used to be like ever ever uh and so it is slightly better but uh not um equal and and so i wanted like as a scientist as somebody who is drawing this blood as somebody who is a trained phlebotomist she had no idea that was a thing wow. she was shocked uh she's like what are you talking about? And guess you know, so I'm like go to the Red Cross Red Cross website, and and she's like, it doesn't make sense. Uh, You know, they screen a hundred percent of the blood. There's no, yeah. there's
0: no. It's not like practical the, reason. It's not like they this. just th- throw it in the truck and send it <laughs> and off so to they just, some kid somewhere. They,
1: they've got a big vat back there of O positive. <laughs> they just throw it all together. <laughs> Uh, yeah so it,
0: it, wow yeah. that's pretty amazing yeah. but I did I did wonder kind of all on this uh, uh, along these same lines now I have to pick up my
1: I <laughs> will be gay
0: clarification for that by the way Dave it was really funny Dave from Not Nerd uh, text me when was that whatever the last time I used that it was and he said is that Wayne Newton and I, and I couldn't figure out if he was joking or not <laughs> Wildly out of context, and because the vocals are so heavily processed, right. there it like right. you can almost hear like if you didn't know that was Madonna, it could be, be like, anybody. whatever. Yeah, so yeah. I thought oh, that was so funny. <laughs> Is that Wayne Newton? <laughs> it like using the old timey happy right. gay <laughs> whatever. But I'm the word, the terminology of queer mm-hmm. fascinates me. Yes, and I don't want to get into a whole you know history of, but I guess I guess. I, the broader question I'm, I'm thinking is like, why is that still okay when it, you, you know, how did it make its way through this landmine of I, I pejoratives? Did, totally.
1: So it's been um, more than a decade, but uh, more than a decade ago, I volunteered at the uh, oh, Sexual smirk. Minority Youth Center. Yeah, it's Smirk here in Portland. And I, you know, as a gay man, I had my demons to wrestle with growing up and, and everything, but i learned so much from that community because they were dealing not with just sexual identity but gender identity and and all Mm. the other mix of emotions and 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 all the stuff and uh gender queer and queer were terms used very frequently in that in that circle and that was new for me to experience that word Mm. in a non-pejorative way and and I thought it was fascinating, and I don't have an answer for right, you right. other than it perfectly encapsulates. I'm not like anything else in my right. that, that is definable. I'm right. queer, right. and uh, and so yeah. It's, I mean, it's the non box box.
0: Yeah, and and all that makes sense to me. But yeah, it's yeah. just that. How did. How totally. did that make it through all of this? And no, like
1: I, like I remember in in second grade, smear the queer. Was oh yeah, that's the right. Very popular. The, on, on the, and one kid would take the football, and he would be the queer, yeah. and we'd all have to smear the queer.
0: Yeah, and I, just which like, probably growing up didn't even occur to me that that was any sort of slander no, of any kind.
1: No, and and
0: like that's probably the only time I heard the word queer right. was in context and, of that game.
1: And I don't know if it was meant as a sexual gender identity thing it right. was or just that just rhyme weird yeah and right. rhyme oh know?
0: yeah and just strange or it, off right or.
1: right it's so, so fascinating yeah,
0: yeah. wow okay well that was fun <laughs> um i did receive and i'll wrap this up did we talk about holocaust versus genocide last time no <laughs> okay. now, maybe i'll table <laughs> that <laughs> Feel good topic of the summer. <laughs> well, I was wondering. Um, um, for, for some reason, I was trying to figure out what we, you know, refer to as the Holocaust. Obviously, is is what happened during World War II. Is there a difference between a Holocaust and a mm-hmm. genocide? Is there a point when one becomes the other? Like, is it a is it a distinction, or is it what we call that specific? Right. thing in world history that one right. occurrence right um
1: i don't know the the lexiconic thing yeah. or whatever the, the history of, of etymology the etymology of, of the words um in my head i feel like genocide is a specifically targeted ethnic minority that is being eradicated like the the uyghurs in china right okay now. yeah and um holocaust you know, the World War II Holocaust included Jews, but there were also, yeah, they didn't only from different Jews, countries, you know, and... was anybody that wasn't Aryan. Ultimately. Oh, okay, yeah, and so it was a a bunch of genocides was the Holocaust. It's the vol- <laughs> it
0: was a Voltron <laughs> right. genocide. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah and that's in
1: my head, but I, I don't know if that's I,
0: right or I, I do, Yeah, it was one of the questions when I drove uh, Devin down to California. That mm. for some reason, <laughs> after not talking for three hours, I said <laughs> so. So what's the difference between? A and I think we ended up looking. I think it is a, a Holocaust is a Jewish word that means like oh. to burn or to oh. get rid of something through. And so that's why interesting. Anyway. Oh, interesting. So, but I did receive two two. I am a, I am a words of affirmation person uh, as my love language, and so I received two different compliments over the past couple of weeks that have just been filling me. And one of them was a um, a comment on the last Doctor Rip video of where I show you how to uh, rip a VHS tape and right. it's all that nonsense or whatever. Somebody somebody posted. Man, I love your videos. They're charming as fuck. <laughs> CAF. I was like, oh, that is per- that is like a Todd compliment right there. <laughs> a little innocence and a little non-innocence, all sandwiched in the Army But I also got uh, speaking of uh, Devin, who is uh, Colin. Colin is the autistic boy that I uh, that I care for, and Devin is his older brother. And I drove down with Devin to Sacramento so he could meet up with a friend. And we were driving down there and uh, Devin also has some online friends in Australia that he's known for years and stuff like that. And he said that he was telling them about me for whatever reason and that they all think I'm a spy because nothing about what he tells them makes any sense together and i was like that is life uh, life goals that is that
1: is a great conclusion i because i've had several people uh not come to the conclusion of like <laughs> what does todd do <laughs> like and and so it it could end with well, he's a spy yeah i, I yeah. could totally call it see that as a
0: as a uh as a direction that it would would head towards anyway i thought that was great i'm like i could uh, (laughs) nothing about i can't write my autobiography because it's just not believable not exciting it's not super special it's just Just not believable (laughs) Uh, anyway well let's dig into some news here but oh right before we um dig into some news so i did something inexplicable and that was this headphone has a rattle in it Was to log on to Paramount Plus again, something I did not foresee myself doing after I watched the Madame X thing. But of course, they released and like a special feature to the last Madonna concert. And it was a a and a with Madonna after one of the shows. And it's hosted by these drag queens and has the audience there or whatever but and actually i found much more fascinating than the actual concert since i had so many issues with the editing <laughs> right. but there were some things that i learned that i i actually had no idea i didn't know she, she was offered the role of um trinity in the matrix and turned it down because it didn't make any sense <laughs> which i've also heard about will smith and i believe um Anthony Hopkins or um, Sean Connery, like turned, there was a bunch of people Uh, that turned that down. And then there were, that's why there was so many in like the early 2000s. Some like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen or like weird thing (laughs) that everyone was like, well, I didn't get the matrix either. So this (laughs) could be the next like greatest thing, but everything else was crap. (laughs) But she did, um, it was a question and answer thing where like different celebrities asked her questions. So some of it were, was kind of fluffy, but then we get our friend, friend of the show, Lil Nas X, ask a question. <laughs> so I wanted to play this little.
1: Hey Madonna, it's Lil Nas X. I wanted to yes. ask, oh, yeah. what advice do you think has been the most important and vital to your career? Where's this stripper pole? Well, right.
0: <laughs> oh, I think that was a reference to something What advice can yeah.
1: I give him? Let's talk in 10 years. Stick around, baby. Put on your boxing gloves. I said to him the last time I saw him. I'm, I'm handing over the the torch to you. You are the new gay
0: poster wow. child. So, Mark, you <laughs> called it. You heard it here first, from Mark's mouth to Madonna's ears. <laughs> Little Nas X is the next uh, queer icon. speaking <laughs> Absolutely. <of. laughs> anyway okay well let's get into some real love here. that you want to take this first one portland here? weird video so there's a new
1: portland artist eric putnam uh he will d- debut a new video in 2021 uh, should be anytime soon featuring well-known personalities from around portland and iconic scenes from around oregon the video will include the Unipiper, a friend of the show, yes. and 91-year-old drag queen Darcell 15, and the silver-painted man called Mr. Statue, to name a few. Putnam said part of the video will be to encourage people to overcome self-doubt, depression, anxiety, and other obstacles in their life to embrace being their true self. The video will was more than just an act of art. Putnam also tried to break a world record for the tallest hat. (laughs) During the recording process he created a 20-foot tall hat and attempted to walk 32 feet without it falling off his head uh, to set the record. The hat fell off and
0: broke. Oh no! But he said he'll try again. Wow. (laughs) I almost want to do the record for World's Tallest Hat just so my parents have to explain... (laughs) One other thing about me: <laughs> yeah, He collects garbage from the Goodwill, and he won the record for world's tallest hat. <laughs> we should
1: absolutely have the Mark a- and Todd a- cast a- present a- the world's
0: a- largest hat,
1: uh, and, and we can we can let artists. Eric Putnam have the hat. Maybe we can find something else. We can find our own unique thing. It's our, our unique thing. unemployment
0: so, tries to do that every year. Trying to think of one. Yeah. So
1: one it, thing. If you have ideas, and you want to put us through the ringer uh, for uh, world records, uh, I, I need to get on that list. I've already got three, and uh, <laughs> that's
0: true. I have zero. <laughs> that is something I need in my life. I wish it didn't cost money to have them come out <laughs> and observe. All right. Well, scientists are mystified uh, and wary as Africa avoids a COVID disaster. So, um,. Let's see. When the coronavirus first emerged last year, health officials feared the pandemic would sweep across Africa, killing millions. It's unclear what COVID's ultimate toll will be, be, um, but that catastrophe has yet to uh, materialize. Fewer than 6% of people in Africa are vaccinated for months. The who, who, WHO has described Africa as, quote, one of the leading one of the least affected regions in the world. So some researchers say the continent's younger population, the average age is 20 uh, versus 43 in Western Europe, in addition to the lower rates of urbanization and tendency to spend time outdoors may have spared it uh, the more lethal effects of the virus. On Friday, researchers working in Uganda said they found COVID-19 patients with high rates of exposure to malaria were less likely to suffer severe disease or death than people with little history of the disease. They said that may suggest past infection with malaria could blunt the tendencies of people immune system uh, to go into overdrive when they're affected with COVID-19. Um, so very interesting. And it kind of goes on a little yeah. bit more, but... Um, how, but I'm sure, I mean, of all of the continents, Africa is probably the best equipped to learn how to deal with communal. Infectious diseases, because that is
1: yes, yeah, yeah. That, that <clears throat> I tripped the part that I that <laughs> the, I failed the, to read literally, the next <laughs> statement uh, was like, I, I think there's a different cultural approach in Africa where these countries have approached COVID with a sense of humility because mm. they've experienced things like Ebola, polio, and malaria, uh, amongst other things. And okay, so, <laughs> literally, the next <laughs> sentence. <laughs> and
0: and so yeah and uh let me tell you i think there's a cultural (laughs) approach in africa where these countries have approached covid with a sense of humility really because they've experienced things like ebola polio and malaria so so, that's just that's just what i've been thinking yeah it it is an
1: interesting mix where uh their their general attitude towards infectious diseases is is different Mm. because they've experienced them the um less urbanization so you have more outside activity and, and so you're not all clustered population in, centers. Right. In inside office buildings or inside supermarkets and, and everything. Yeah, that's you
0: know. true. Even a lot of their markets are outdoors. <laughs> right.
1: And uh and like all of that mixes together and the much lower average age of the population. Right. All take considerable uh That's you know, crazy. Yeah. Their
0: average age is half that it's 20 versus 43 in in western europe that's yeah. crazy so anyway very very interesting so um in
1: homage to the sweatshirt that i'm wearing the yes. comedy is set in the last blockbuster store is coming to netflix as well as a db cooper <laughs> movie uh is coming to the coming in the works uh so those of us here in the Northwest know that the last blockbuster standing is located in Bend in central Oregon. Now Netflix has ordered a comedy that takes place in the last blockbuster video rental store in America. And, uh, additionally, there's a movie coming out about (laughs) TV Cooper. So, uh, reading through this, they, it's the same, uh, team uh same writers as like fresh off the boat and superstore and brooklyn 99 oh nice and the only
0: one i haven't watched is superstore i loved fresh off the boat and i really I love, love brooklyn, brooklyn 99 Nine. yeah.
1: and so if it's if it's got that kind of comedy but you know the ensemble cast in a retail working environment yeah. like superstore which also has pretty good writing. i've seen only a couple episodes uh that could be uh a lot of fun and and boy they're I'm glad I've got this sweatshirt now because they're going to sell It's going up in value, (laughs) baby.
0: Nice. Um, Let's see here. The The pickle jar. Oh, the pickle jar, yes. Uh, The Portland Pickles will open a team clubhouse and retail store in downtown Portland. They are launching the pickle jar at 130 Southwest Taylor, right next to the World Trade Center buildings in a space that was formerly a Starbucks. Um, The blah, blah, blah is now open. It is bright green and bright blue. Fans of the Collegiate Wood Bat Club. Says, wood Bat Club? what Baseball? I guess. <laughs> <Good> grief. <laughs> it's not baseball. It's, <laughs> it's a Collegiate <laughs> Wood Bat Club. <laughs> uh, that plays in Lince's Walker Stadium. We'll be able to stock up on Pickles gear. Everything from baseball caps to scarves to t-shirts emblazoned with images of the green oval-headed mascot named Dylan. The store will offer new Limited edition merchandise not found on the website. Um, it's not just a retail outlet, though. The shop will become an event venue, hosting live music, sports broadcasts, holiday parties, and art shows for 21 and over. "Quote: We want to show Portland the same love and support they've shown us for years with the opening of the Pickle Jar. We not we want to not only give fans a permanent place to get the latest, greatest merch, but also bring the community back together through baseball. Oh, I'm sorry, baseball or collegiate wood bat club." <laughs> and much more so do check it out at 130 southwest taylor the pickle jar
1: nice and something that opened this last friday that i attended was uh <gasps> beyond Van Gogh, the immersive experience
0: yeah so uh, i flagged that i've had friends from around yeah. the country mention it and people yeah. go and it looks neat but i've had in the back of my head like is it gimmicky yeah sticky, so why don't yeah, you yeah. give a little review so
1: at the oregon convention center they have a presentation of Van Gogh art uh, in an immersive uh, environment. So basically it's a um, kind of two-step process. The first step is a going through uh, several rows of uh, information about Van Gogh. It's it's kind of the line going in uh, and you learn a lot about the history and, and, uh, there's um, good music playing and all this stuff and then you get into the the main art room and it's uh, probably 20 foot high walls uh, yeah they, they've created screens that are as tall as the Convention center uh, uh, roof ceiling yeah ceiling. and uh, and then a couple kind of pillar areas in the, in the middle and they have projectors on all of the walls and floor uh much of the floor and so it's a probably a 20 minute half hour loop of really engaging presentation of van gogh art in a dynamic immersive experience and so they've they've deconstructed a lot of the art pieces and and reassembled them into flowing pieces that then reassemble into Mm -hmm. the art pieces and Uh, it kind of goes through phases as it shows portraiture that he did and 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 then like more landscapey scenes and then interiors and and uh, still life kind of things and um i have been to the van gogh museum or the van gogh museum (laughs) in amsterdam and which is shockingly huge huh. uh, uh it's like two buildings wow. full of van gogh art is just wow the most prolific yeah yeah, yeah. um
0: He's the stephen king of painting <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> just like books books and paintings falling <laughs> uh, out of them as they're walking uh, down the street and um
1: and this was really well presented uh it's it's about 40 bucks per person a little less for uh children 14 and under i believe and uh it's it's worth attending it was it's like a good covid friendlyish experience sure. uh you know it's it's a big, big space. Open space uh it's not outdoors but uh they they manage that pretty well and uh we brought some friends and we had some other friends going and like uh one was on a date and uh, it was like a good date night thing good family activity uh sure and uh and then we went and had dinner afterwards so uh i so i give it a thumbs up and a a recommendation
0: okay cool excellent yes open now at a wherever that is near you (laughs) (laughs) on the web well portland is speaking of Van Gogh. Uh, Portland is getting another direct flight to Amsterdam. The Delta airline flight will begin service on May 3, 2022. Um, The direct flight between the two weed capitals is the first nonstop service from Portland to European city since COVID-19. So it provides the latest signal that aviation traffic is returning to pre-pandemic levels at PDX.
1: And that was the flight I took uh, when when i uh, went to amsterdam as a oh, direct flight from portland it was oh that's uh,
0: probably what i did too when i went to tanzania because yeah, we probably. had a layover in in amsterdam yep huh yep interesting well back to darcel darcel turns 91 with
1: a plaque so from the crazy. National the, Park Service as a uh, historical landmark. So despite a recent bout of local controversy, which I shouldn't have read because I don't, <laughs> I don't know, know that what that so reference references we'll to. I assume everyone knows. The National Register of Historic Places, <gasps> the list has a new-ish Rose City edition, and it's, and it's tough to imagine anyone being upset about, Old Town Drag Haven Darcell 15 Showcase. So, the club in continuous operation since 1969, nice. making it one of the two oldest drag venues in the United States, mm. joined the registry in the fall of 2020. And on November uh, 16th, the 91st birthday of uh, Darcel, also known as Walter Cole, uh, she and U.S. Representative Earl Blumenhauer unveiled a plaque designed by a local artist who's been working in the gay community uh, mm. since uh, the 80s uh, to commemorate the occasion. Uh, his name is Rupert Kennard, by the way. Mm. Uh, there are more than 93,500 buildings in the National Register of Historic Places, and Darcell 15 Showplace is the is only the 22nd lgbtq space on the list and the first in oregon it continues to host six shows a week with a a company of eight queens (laughs) including darcel who holds the guinness world record for oldest living drag performer and if you have not been to that show you need to stop what you're doing and go down there right now
0: because because oh <laughs> I'll we'll have to put the show on pause because I have never gone there to see Darcel's show. Oh my goodness, uh, Darcel yeah. kind of scares me. I know that's not okay to say. That. It, very no, inti- Darcel is like a little in a, intimidating in a, yeah. in a way that like and, Poison Waters is not. You know uh, what I mean? I'm a well. little
1: more afraid of. Uh, oh, are you? Yeah, I anyway, mean, uh, <laughs> I, I love them both. Uh, I've only
0: seen photos <laughs> of them both, or <laughs> like quick video <laughs> clips of them both. Yeah. Okay. So,
1: um, so I speaking of guinness world records uh towards the beginning of the show one of the guinness world records i have is hosting uh, i managed and, and created the world's world record drag queen chorus line oh, that's right. uh, in downtown portland uh back in uh like 2006 2005 and um we did it in pioneer courthouse square and darcel was the um uh, grand marshal of the event and uh and so <laughs> uh before the event i got to go down to darcell's and meet with darcell out of uh, costume as okay. walter and uh and so i had no idea what he looked like uh and so he's sitting in on one of the tables sitting with his uh, partner and i walk in and he's so you want to do the impossible. You want to organize drag queens. <laughs> and, and I'm like, yes. I was so intimidated. I'm and, sorry for existing. I'm sorry for trying to do the
0: impossible.
1: And uh, And she was so gracious and yeah. amazing and showed up and regalia and uh it, it was an incredible event that that went on to bring money in for smirk mm-hmm. and uh, so she's been an incredible part of the community you know it's literally for 53 years now wow. and um and the darcel showcase is a gem it's campy it's unique it's uh absolutely fun and uh good for for all ages above 21 and uh, you should absolutely go. Uh, Darcel won't be around forever and it uh, will be a big loss uh, when she is gone. But uh, she is doing great and go down there right now.
0: Good, good. Yes. Well, let's take a little, make- oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> a little break and we'll reset and we'll come back with take some math, talk about why this ad won't stop autoplaying. Uh, about some sea monkeys. Yay! So we'll be back in a second.
1: Prodigy game can help you take learning engagement <laughs> to the next level.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to. This isn't the version I use. Oh, I can't control the sound of hey them.
1: All, all
0: right, here we go. Here go the motions. So jump And sit right down, you climb to the top and turn it all around, you shake it to the side and shake the other day. It's a hip hop happy day. (laughs) That is some new version I've never heard before. Todd is a Sunday school teacher, for those that don't know. And And we always have a hip hop happy day in my Sunday school class. All right. I just shut the window that I needed, but whatever. Oh, no. Uh, sorry. Um, we're already in our hip-hop happy day. All right. Well, I feel like we've talked about... And maybe I just used a thumbnail or something like that, but I feel like we've talked a little bit about sea monkeys before, but probably just about in the passing, the I classic bit of yeah. what is a sea monkey? Right. And then you say something and I forget to listen. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I, learn, I get to learn about it all over again when I stumble across it. But sea monkeys... I say, oddly sea monkeys, <laughs> um, have one of those kind of strange and they have more, they have more of a history than, than you might think. And I stumbled across this, I think probably from some YouTube recommend recommendation, like the dark secret of the <laughs> sea monkey, which of course, and that same channel, their merch is like this really cool, uh, illustration of a tardigrade. Nice. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, look, it's the channel that's made just for me. <laughs> But first, I, let's talk about a little bit with the actual what sea monkeys are. So if you're not familiar with sea monkeys, um, they if you've ever read a comic book in your life, you'll remember the sea monkeys ad, which had like an underwater illustrator or an illustration of this underwater kingdom with like these humanoid ish fish ish <laughs> things. And they were just they called like
1: extra antenna coming out. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: And um, I should look that picture up. Well, too. here's I have one right here, actually. Um, that. so yeah they've kind oh, of yeah. got they're weird they don't they don't they just look like sea monkeys that's like they're they're their own category of things so advertised in comic books um and the, they called them instant life was the marketing gimmick that they sold these under and basically they are what they call brine shrimp which aren't really brine shrimp uh at all but oh. a um a hybridization of something called the Artemia. So they, um, they, the, the the thing about these shrimp are they use them for feeding. So, um, but they don't live very long. And so there is this guy named, let me find his name, Harold von Braunhut, who um, was always he invented a couple other things, including um, I've got all my stuff out of order here. Uh, he was responsible for x ray specs. Oh, nice. As well as the spring loaded extendable baton for self defense, a version which you have I do. <laughs> right now, also invented by. I sent away for the x ray glasses.
1: Yeah. Uh, I had a pair of x ray glasses. Oh, wow. As a kid. Uh, you know what they are? Uh-uh. So they're mostly cardboard with a little tiny hole in the middle of each eyeball, and they've taken the feathery part of a feather and put it in that <laughs> little area. And so when you look through it, you get this double exposure oh. of, um, so as you look at your hand, you s- it's the, the feather refracts the light so that it, it duplicates what you're seeing and the overlap looks like a bone and Surrounded by sure, fleshy, like a halo y like flesh. Thing. So it looks like when you look at your hand, it looks like you're seeing the bone surrounded by flesh, oh, or, or anything else you're seeing, like a halo area that you is partly translucent and uh the rest is solid so uh wow a funny little yeah. effect and, and fun things
0: but cer- i mean yep. i certainly saw just tons and tons of those ads for those oh, yeah. and and something called oh the the Kitoga was the spring the spring-loaded extendable baton um <laughs> but back to the actual sea monkeys sure. themselves um, before they were invented they were invented by god 100 million years ago um, but what they do is that they're capable of asexual reproduction and they reproduce a lot, which is why they just use it as it's kind of like a krill like um, fish that feeds on algae, but then other fish feed on that sort of uh, thing. But what they do, they can either have, if the conditions are right and healthy, their eggs will hatch right away and just become shrimp and reproduce and reproduce and reproduce. But if the conditions are not favorable, they can lay eggs that have like this super impenetrable shell on it that will only dissolve if the conditions are completely right. Hmm. So they can go into something called a cryptobiosis or anhydrobiosis, which is... um, Allows them to survive without water for a really long time, basically. So they did have to tweak their DNA somehow. Nobody knows how they did it because they don't live very long because they didn't need to. They needed to live as long as it takes to be eaten by a fish. <laughs> and so, um, but they did sort of uh, mess with the DNA just to get them to to look a little, or to, uh, excuse me, to, to live a, a little extra, uh, extra long. But these same species also went, of course, into space. John Glenn took some sea monkeys into space. Uh, oh on October 29 1998 okay it was a little later than I thought <laughs> about the uh, shuttle discovery after nine days in space they were returned to eight, uh, to Earth and hatched eight weeks later apparently unaffected by their travels however earlier experience on experiments on Apollo 16 and Apollo 17 they tried to hatch the eggs in space and 10% of the embryos came back with developmental issues. Um, so I guess they just decided to see if they can bring them to space and then bring them back. And then, um, but the, the cosmic rays apparently got to them when they tried to hatch those in space. So let's get back to that. That's just kind of the overview of the sea monkeys themselves. So they're basically just little shrimp that can survive tardigrade style for a long time, uh, in, in a, in a kind of a hyper, hyper sleep, Mm -hmm. a Han Solo esque hyper sleep, So then we get back to Harold von Braunhut, whose name was actually just Harold Braunhut, but he wanted to make it fancier, (laughs) I guess. Be from somewhere. Be from somewhere. Um, So von Braunhut collaborated with marine biologist Dr. Anthony D. Agostino to develop the proper mix of nutrients and chemicals in dry form that could be added to plain tap water to create an accommodating habitat for the shrimp to live. He was granted a patent in 1972, but the original ones uh, were... um, were in 1957. So the original sea monkeys were in 1957. By the seventies is when he started to intensely market it through comic books, which I believe is probably where all of us have seen those, those creepy ads with the little people, which was created by comic book illustrator, Joe Orlando. Uh, they showed the humanoid animals that bear no resemblance to the crustaceans. Um, and up until this point, he was trying to market it under the name instant life but it just wasn't catchy and it wasn't catching on or whatever. And so when he was working with that illustrator since Brian shrimp, which are not even really shrimp have little tails, he kind of just built on the monkey aspect and just called them sea monkeys, uh, which is pretty great. Uh, so he is quoted. Von Braun is quoted as saying, I think I bought something like 3.2 million pages of comic book advertising a year and it worked beautifully. So what the, what was sold, and if you can tell by the conversation about x-ray specs and probably anything that you can order out of the back of a comic book magazine, not the highest quality, longest lasting types of things that you can get, but they sold. And I think, did you have sea monkeys growing Oh yeah. Up? Okay. Oh, so yeah. I never had any, so I didn't knew I didn't know what they were until probably this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they give you a a packet a couple different dry packets and you add the first one which is supposedly a water conditioner you leave that in for 24 hours and then there's a second package that contains something and eggs and then a third one that that contains food Food as you feed them oh, yeah Yeah the so yep. um so yeah but what they don't tell you is that the eggs are in the first package And it just takes a little bit for them. It takes like a day or so for them. And then the second one, there's some more eggs, but there's also some dye. And the dye is what allows you to finally be able to see the brine shrimp, which are, you know, translucent and very difficult to see. And so that one contained dye so that you would see right away that there was instantly something swimming around in there. And then the third one probably was just some sort of food or or water conditioner or something like that. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I thought it was funny how I did not know that even that was a little, a little trick. Um, So Von Braunhut was born, like I said, just plain Harold Braunhut, but added the preposition to make him sound more German, which is interesting because he was a Jewish American who had lived through the Second World War but 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 von Braunhut was not an ordinary uh Jew so this is where it starts to take a little bit more of an interesting turn he was ke- <laughs> he was a keen white supremacist even though he was a Jewish <laughs> who survived the second world war oh my word uh, and he was looking to add distance from his Jewish roots the washington post reported that he um he did get in trouble for buying, giving money to the KKK to buy illegal guns, which then caused comic comic companies to stop running his ads for uh, an extended period of time. And regular attended attended the annual conference of the Aryan Nations uh, <laughs> in 1988. He was talking with the Seattle Times, and he referred, he referred to the quote. Oh boy, do I say this. <laughs> Well, okay, this is a news a news program for news purposes only, and this is a direct quote from Von Braunhut. He referred to the quote "inscrutable slanty Korean eyes of Korean shop owners," and was quoted as saying, "quote You know what side I'm on. I don't make any bones about it." So, wow. not a great, wow. not a great person. This Von Braunhut uh, was. Um, and then I have your password for Paramount Plus nice. <laughs> in the middle of my <laughs> in the middle of my notes. Um, So all of this activity, not just the money, but a lot of some of the grifty elements of selling things through comics and uh, not saying what it really, what the things really were, uh, got the attention of the New York State Attorney General, who issued proceedings against Von Braunhut on the grounds that the creatures were not actually monkeys, and thus the marketing them as such was fraudulent. A judge decided in favor of Braun Hutt, comparing sea monkeys to sponge cake, which do not contain actual sponge, and butterflies, which are not made of butter. (laughs) So, so popular were these sea monkeys that they inspired a video game, which you had to guide the sea monkeys away from danger, as well as um, what I didn't know, a... Live action television show of their own. What? Now I'm showing you. I'll probably use oh that as goodness. our yes. as our image, our show image. What? But people dread people, not just people. Howie Mandel, of course, heading the cast. He had just started in Saint Elsewhere, and he does the voice of Gizmo in the Gremlins. Right. Um, he decided that they were going to be bigger than the Ninja Turtles, uh, which they were not because it lasted eleven episodes. But you can see some of those episodes on. Um, on YouTube, which I'll queue up for later. But the Amazing Live Sea Monkeys. Yes, The Amazing Live Sea Monkeys, and, and now and for momentarily on NBC before they were canceled and forgot. So the company did switch hands in 2010. I think I'm not sure the exact date. A new company bought them, and then the widow of Von Braunhut sued them for something or other or name usage or something that was uh, kind of fraudulent so it was thrown out so if you do buy Sea Monkeys now you are no longer you're not supporting uh Henry or whatever his name is von Braunhut and his lifestyle anymore it is owned by a different con- uh company so feel free feel free to <laughs> buy all the Sea Monkeys that you want but i just thought so ubiquitous and so weird and such a part of the American culture this weird little product was that was developed and then just marketed as something completely else just to capture the imagination of stupid kids who read <laughs> who read comic books. But the x-ray specs, the collapsible baton and <laughs> sea monkeys all brought to us by this Harold Von Braunhut who an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur, comma, <laughs> white supremacist. Racist. So anyway, not a huge awesome, thing, but I fun. just thought that was a, an interesting rabbit hole to, to fall down. They were always, uh, when you first started to see them,
1: they have this very particular motion that they make. It's, mm. it's not a smooth thing, but because they sw- swim, uh, very quickly, Uh, you know their legs are flapping very quickly it's a jittery is probably the best way of saying is is as they have little magnifying glasses in the yeah in the thing uh it's it's this jittery move as they go across
0: and it's a it's interesting very
1: distinct and very well the way they breathe
0: they have gills on their feet so i guess that they're just all jazz hands all the time (laughs) (laughs) nice (laughs) Anyway, that is the story of the sea monkey. That is
1: a lot of fun, and yeah. we—I I found a um, copy of the intro to. If you go to the oh good, is the, sea the theme song?
0: Oh good, yeah. I was gonna—that's <laughs> what I had open in my in oh, my yeah. window and then closed out. So it's at the bottom of the first. Okay, document. perfect. Uh, we will play that on the way out. Ooh, we're ending early today. Anything else we want to bring up while yeah. we have the time?
1: Uh, have a Check my super great Thanksgiving and uh,
0: oh yeah, yeah yeah. What are you gonna? Well, you guys are always all over the place for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Did you know that when you know when you hear white people rap and it's always like my name is Todd and I here to say like they always do the here to say thing. Sure. Do you know where that originated? No. Barney Rubble in the Fruity Pebbles commercial. What? My name is Barney and I'm here to say I love Fruity Pebbles in a major way. And since I think that was the only exposure of hip hop music to white people in the eighties, that just became the thing Yes. to say
1: that is the whitest fact. Uh, <laughs> that since, is the whitest fact. Since Von Buren, <laughs> whatever his
0: name is. All right. Well, none of my other, none of my, when you get swollen, do you produce more blood or do you have lower blood in other areas? Sort of like a low tide.
1: Um, <clears throat> uh, low tide, definitely.
0: Okay. So there's like a part of you that's just extra floppy while your like right. wrist is all yeah. <laughs> all inflamed because yeah. you fell down the stairs. All right. Well, I guess that takes care of all of my questions then. Do you know the words, the odd lane sign? Uh no, not at all. Yeah, I don't think anyone does. No one does. But we all sing it every single year <laughs> and we all get to that point where <laughs>
1: watermelon, yeah, watermelon until the end.
0: Odd lane sign. Fine.
1: And then we all move on.
0: All right. Well that's enough of my <laughs> If you would like access to mine, that'll be a Patreon level as you get access to my notes. <laughs> All right. Well, let's find our open link. Vimeo. To the amazing... I've never heard this, so this will be pretty great. To the amazing live Sea Monkeys.
1: Also starring Gilbert Gottfried.
0: Oh, uh, he was in wow. <laughs> what an experiment that show <laughs> was. The Chiotto Brothers executive produced the series. Oh, Wow. I think uh, fan, f- horror fan, mem- uh, people, now we got to look that up. Bear with me. I'm doing this in real time and talking a lot so I don't have to. The Chioto Brothers, I know, why? Why? I want to say, oh, yes, Chioto Brothers are behind the movies like Critters, um, special special effects for Critters, RoboCop, UHF, Monster, like all of those great, um, and, and Elf. And Team America: World uh, Police. Uh, so, the brothers are filmmakers who were, for uh, all that, p- also part of the Sea Monkeys. Wow, I'm overwhelmed. All right, well, listen to Fun Employment Radio. They're doing their show every day. Uh, next show will be show 200 and I think we will have a nice little surprise for all of us if that works out. So stay tuned for that. We will be uh, back next month also with Portland at the movies. It was a busy month for all of us. And so we couldn't quite coordinate that, but do stay tuned for that. Let's go out with the sea monkeys. We will talk to you guys later. All right. See you next time. Oh, it's got a cold opening. I think. Oh, no, he's... Oh, it's a mad professor that I think he... enlarges his thing of sea monkeys into life size. Sean Whalen. Oh, I was hoping for a theme song.
1: No words. No words.
0: Wow. What a. Oh, now they're getting indigged with the laser ray.
1: Howie Mandel is an executive producer. He is shamed. Of them.
0: <laughs> it's amazing. Live Sea Monkeys. Yeah. That's how we wow, get Wow, that underwhelming really really tells you why there's only 11 episodes of that show all right well thank you for listening goodbye bye